ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا من سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتون الا انتم مسلمون يا ايها الانسان اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهم رجالا كثيرا والنساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحم ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا the praise is to allah and we thank him and we seek refuge in allah from the evil of our sins and whoever allah guides and nobody's going to misguide them but whoever allah lets go astray nobody will ever find a way to guide that person i bear witness in open testimony that there is no god no deity no object or uh, thing worthy of any kind of devotion or worship anywhere anytime any place illa except for allah and that he has no partners in worship and i bear witness in open testimony to the prophethood of muhammad sallallahu alaihi and that of course means that you are bearing witness to the same thing for each and every prophet that came before him because no prophet came except that they mentioned la ilaha illallah and a prophet to come after them and then from the quran the translation plus or minus to english oh you who believe have taqwa for allah and what is taqwa it means to put something between you and the punishment of allah his ghadab or his anger and do not die except in a state of islam and then this is interesting because it doesn't say believers and this is says all human beings anas human beings have taqwa for your lord this mean you can say this even to the non muslim oh human beings that you should have this taqwa for your lord who created you all of us came from one soul which was adam and from adam came his spouse which is eve or hawa and from those two did he create many men and women kathir by the way it didn't say it in this but why he made us so many and yet we look different is why so that we can recognize each other sin surto hujur and then to have taqwa for allah for the believers to have this petition between you and allah's anger and be sure that you don't break off the ties of kinship don't break that 
And Allah is always a watcher over you. <coughs> it's interesting, you know what? Whenever you want anything, and I want anything, we swear by Allah. If you're going to cheat me, or if I think I'm not getting a fair shake, or you're not getting a fair shake, then we demand our rights by Allah. I want my rights. Is it right? When you go to the, even today in this courts, in the Christian courts, they make people swear on their Bible. I don't know if they're still doing that or not, but they did when I was young. To get your rights. And we do the same thing. We want our rights. And Allah said that. You, the one by whom you swear, you want your rights. <laughs> but isn't that interesting? When Allah wants His rights to worship Him alone, then where are we with that? I usually don't read the khutbah. But we have a special purpose today and I didn't want to miss anything and it's a very important subject. It's the subject of how we're treating our children. Because as much as we would like to be the ideal parent like they show us on TV, as much as we think, well, we want to give our kids the very best, isn't one of the reasons you're here in this country so that you can provide the best for your family, yes or no? Yes. You're telling yourself that. But now I want to look at it and see what we're really doing. Because, you know, it's a horrible thing that when a person says one thing and they do something else. I read that. Oh, you who believe, fear Allah and what? And always say a word of truth. Kulu kawlin sadida. And it's unfortunate that some parents, Muslim parents, do not fulfill their duties regarding their children. And they do not protect themselves, nor their families, nor their children from a fire whose fuel is men and stones. And what did Allah tell you? Exactly that in the Quran. Fear Allah and fear this fire. And how you how are you going to protect them from that? Buy them a new car? So they can try to outrun the fire? Huh? And think about this. Not only do we fail in raising our children as good Muslims, by the very example that we set, we're teaching them to be the opposite. We lie. Oh, brother, we're not lying. I'm just, you know, remanufacturing the truth a little bit. We cheat. Brother, I'm not cheating. Everybody does that on their income tax. We misrepresent. No, 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 not really, not really. I mean, you know, we're being clever. We're being clever. We're out thinking these kufar. And this is absolutely not in Islam. And when we do it, that's the example that we're setting for our children. We use terms like, <laughs> we want to make our children to grow up to be clever, diplomatic, aggressive, modern, and civilized. And all of these things are exactly describing who? Who? The very people that are the enemies to Islam. A common mistake. I'm going to name some of the errors that we're making. One of them is to have excessive trust in the children. Do you know where your children are? Do you remember when they used to have that on TV and they say, It's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Huh? The only thing we can say is that we know where they're not. I guarantee you we can say at 10 o'clock every night I know where my children are not they're not in the masjid they're not there that's one place we don't have to look right 
At the time of the Sahabi, though, that's where they would all be. Yes or no? And think. This is to you and to me. I'm talking to myself. I have kids. I know what's going on with the kids. Three of them I raised without Islam and two of them I raised with Islam. Alhamdulillah. The difference is the difference between a black night with no light and a bright day with the full sun. Just by following Islam. Only difference. In both cases, with the three that I had that were not Muslim, we had hard times and good times. In fact, we had a lot more money as far as millions of dollars is concerned when I was not Muslim. And then when I came in Islam, we had a long period of dry spell, if you will. And yet the ones that I have today, alhamdulillah, made me realize that raising your children according to Islam is the only way. Alhamdulillah. We trust our children too much and this I'm going to mention from the khutbah but then I'm going to give you a personal example of it really is true thing. We don't watch them where they go who they hang out with so much so that what happens especially the daughters where are they? You say oh they're with the good girls. I got news for you. I got news for you. If you're not watching them and your wife's not watching them you don't know where they are Trust me, they're not with anybody good. They're with shaitan. That is what they're doing. And when you see them, you're going to say, well, uh, Sheikh Yusuf said something in the khutbah. I'm going to check out my kid and see if they're smoking cigarettes or something. I'll just kind of tell them, come on over here, honey. Let me give you a little kiss and a smell of the children. Oh, okay. Well, no, they smell real nice. Matter of fact, they smell just like that breath mint. Isn't that nice? Uh-huh. And you know why they smell like that breath mint, too. Because they're covering up that smell on. You say, no, 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 no. My children, they read Quran. And your point is what? They're sitting there making noise. They'd have no clue. Oh, they pray. When you watch, they fast. Yeah, right. Did you forget how it was when you were a kid? How much more do you think it is now? This is important. My own daughter, the one that was not raised as Muslim, when she was 14 years old, she disappeared. We couldn't find her for six months. How would you feel? Ask yourself. We called the police. We called everybody. We couldn't find her. We, want, we turned her in as a missing child, you know, 14-year-old girl, gone, disappeared. Six months later, you know what happened? We got a phone call from the Drug Abuse Treatment Center. She turned herself in because she wanted help. Alhamdulillah, now she says La ilaha illallah, which is good. But then, can you imagine? A child, and she said it was her own choice. She ran off on purpose. And there was some bad people living down the street. She just went down there and hung out with them and went here, went there, did what she wanted to do. They were doing drugs, alcohol, of course, cigarettes are nothing compared to that, right? And things you don't want to know. And things I don't want to know. And you want that for your children? You say, oh, no, I don't want that. Well, then listen to what I'm telling you. And do something about it. Otherwise, your child is going to be a statistic. One more to add to the shaitan's work for today.
And may Allah save all of us from it. I mean. I want to mention that those who do not heed what I'm telling you today, if you do not heed, heed these principles from Islam, you can count on a punishment min Allah. You can count on it. Just make make it in your notebook. Today in Ramadan, the middle of Ramadan, Yusuf Estes told me that I was going to be here getting myself cooked. And here I am simply because I didn't pay attention to this for my children. And this is on the authority of Anas ibn Malik. He said that the Prophet said that Allah will ask everyone about the people who were in their trust. And don't think that's just talking about the Wali Amr. The one who's in charge of the people. You're in charge of the people. Are you not the Imam of your house? Yes or no? Then you're responsible for every life in that house. And don't blame it on your wife. Whatever you do, don't do that. It has two major problems. One, it's not in Islam. And the other one, it's shirk. One, it's not in Islam because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told you in Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 34, that it is the regimen, the men, who are responsible for the women to provide for them and to protect them. That is your job. And they do not provide for you if they work and have money. That's their money. They give you how much? Nothing. It's all theirs. And you know that. So those of you that have wives that are out here working, just give her back all the money you owe before the day of judgment. Because you're not setting a good example for your children. And it's not Islam. And the second part, it's shirk. And I wasn't joking. Because it's clear in Islam that whenever you blame anything or anybody for what happens, it means you don't think that Allah had the control over the subject. And you don't think it was Allah's will. And in fact, it was. Do not blame. But especially don't blame your wife. Especially if she's from Texas like my wife. She'll beat you up. But that's another story. I want to mention another point because it's important for us that we work toward getting the good of this life and the good of the next life. That's what we're all about. When we want the good of this life and some brother said, Allah said in the Quran, be like in a race for all that's good, right? New car, new house, new clothes, the best food and best education. You don't want to read the rest of the ayah. Brother, I'm not Hafiz Quran. It's not talking about the things of this world, is it? It's talking about to establish what? Taqwa for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And sacrifice for the sake of the deen. Sacrifice for the people in your charge. That's what it's talking about. It's not talking about you going out here and getting a new BMW. Alhamdulillah. It was Imam al-Ghazali who said that a father must protect his children by raising them on good morals, keep them away from evil company, not make them get used to an easy life, not to give them entertainment and joy as their main interest because this will cause them to waste their life seeking after entertainment which will never fulfill them. 
That's exactly what we are doing every time we hand them a new Game Boy, every time we buy a new video, every time we sit down with them and, and tell them, no, it's okay, just play some games and, you know, but we don't teach them Islam. We show no value for the Quran. They don't see us read it, why should they? Well, I put them in Quran school and your point is, you put them in Quran school but you don't read it, so what will they do? What you teach children when you do these things is called nifaq in Arabic. Hypocrisy. And Allah said, why do you say what you don't do? Allah hates that you say what you don't do. Here's another error, big one. This is made by the parents. All of us. It's not treating the children equally. If you have a child and you're spending on this one more than another one, you're giving awards, prizes, and goodies to this one, but the one over here, now you're not taking care of them, then it's going to be a big problem for you on the Day of Judgment. A huge problem for you. And it's not permissible, and Allah tells you in Surah Al-Ma'idah, verse 8, chapter 5, verse 8. And He's talking to the believers. You have to be just. You have to be fair. And that is nearer to righteousness and taqallah, fear Allah. It was Anuman ibn Bashir in al-Bukhari and in Muslim. And he said that I w went with my father to the Prophet sallallahu And my father told the Rasulullah he said, I gave my son a servant today, like a slave, you know. Rasulullah said, did you give one to each one of your sons? He said, no. He said, then take it back. Take it back. He said, and he did. And in another narration, he said, Taqallah, fear Allah, and treat your children justly. And in another narration, it's in Sahih Muslim, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I will not bear witness to this oppression, this injustice. It was Imam Ahmed, Rahmatullah He said that a son can be given twice the inheritance of of a daughter and this is correct you know that the son can inherit more than the girl is that true? yes and some people who don't know anything about Islam are out here on the internet telling us oh well see how oppressive Islam and look how it treats a woman so bad looks bad until you read about two more two more verses or two more just two more words practically in Quran and you'll see right away what it's talking about what is it talking about? Because who's responsible for who? A woman, what she takes, she keeps it, all of it. But whatever a man inherits, he has to spend on his wife, spend on his daughters, spend on his mother, spend on his sisters, and any other women. Because it doesn't say family in the ayah. It said men are responsible for women, period. It didn't say believers either. So if there's a lady living next door to you, not even a Muslim, and she's hungry, whose responsibility is it to feed her? Who's and Rasulullah said he's not a believer who goes to sleep at night with his stomach full but his neighbor's stomach is empty. He just lost this lamb. Just like that. So it's very important. I want to mention also that the treatment of our youth when it comes to marriage. Oh, they can't get married yet. They're too young. They're too young. Have you heard this one? Too young for what? Are they four years old? 
Huh? How old was Aisha when she got married to the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? 30? 35? Huh? Because she was actually only 18 when he died. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Read the Sahih Bukhari and find out. SubhanAllah, brothers. Your children aren't old enough. What you mean is they don't have the degrees that you want them to have. They don't have the money that you want them to have. So they can be what? What you thought you ought to be, but you didn't make it. Am I right or wrong? If I'm, if I'm wrong, I'll shut up. I'll just leave the salah and go home. You want to do that? You know why I'm being so tough on you? In Ramadan like this? Because I love you kids, maybe more than you do. I want to tell you just straight from the heart, brothers, you have children, they're a responsibility. You think you're doing something good for them, but this innovation, this bid'ah of chasing after the almighty dollar here in the West, this is wrong. And in one program, I told the brothers there, how much will you sell me your children for? And they said, huh? What are you talking about? I'll sell our children. I said, listen, every Saturday when you go out and take that extra few hours to work, you take that extra job in the evening, whatever you got for that time period, that's how much you sold your children for. Because you could have been with them on that Saturday, but you chose $50 an hour, $70 an hour, 10 bucks an hour, whatever it was, that's what you sold your kids for on that day. That's all they were worth to you. They need you. They need you with them. They don't need that television. They don't need that Game Boy. They don't need that email. They don't need to surf that computer. They need you. Those are your children. You looked in their eyes when they were babies. They held your finger with their whole hand, remember? And now you want to sell them for how much? A'udhu Billah. A'udhu Billah. May Allah guide us. May Allah wake us up. May Allah make us realize our responsibility to these children, to our youth, before it's too late. Amen. Bismillah, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu salam wa rasulullah kareem Fa ina istaqa hadithi kitabullah wa khairu hadhi hadhi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Wa ashuru ramuri mutatataha wa kulli mutatatan bidah Wa kulli bidatan dalala wa kulli dalalatan fannam bama'ah We're talking on the subject of our children And I gave you an example of what happened before Islam in my own personal life I'm not going to talk about anybody else, I'll talk about me Alhamdulillah after I got to Islam Allah guided me to know the value of a parent to give service to my father which I had never done in my whole life ever and I was nearly 50 years old and now I had to go and open up a dialogue with my father and he was like 75 and I'm going to go tell him that I'm going to take care of him and he told me to go jump in the lake and I'm going to try to cook for him he said you don't even know how to cook you'll kill us but I tried to give him service and service and after a few years he got ill and he came to live with us and I got to give the service to him but when I began to travel I couldn't give him the service and guess what happened my children who saw me trying to give service to him they jumped in and little 
We're talking about not even teenagers yet began to take care of their grandfather. So much so that my daughter today who is married now told me that the time that I took care of grandpa, I keep asking Allah to accept that and that be the source for me to be forgiven on the day of judgment. And I recall one night, I'll just share this one with you before we end. One night when my father was sitting in the big chair we got for him to rock in and I was sitting at the computer which I do all the time working on our websites. By the way, I want you to visit our websites and use them for Dawah. Islam tomorrow. IslamTomorrow.com Please use those websites for Dawah. And let people come to Islam for those. But I'm working away and I hear out in the kitchen a big ruckus is going on out there. No, it's not. I did. Yes, it is. Oh, it's your turn to watch. I watched them last night. No, they're not before. I said, man, those kids are going to make me crazy. Those two girls are going to kill each other. I started to walk over there, you know, to the kitchen. I'm going to go to the doors and open them up and I know I'm going to say, what's going on in here? And they're going to say, nothing. Because they always do that. So I decided I'm not going to do it. And I turned and I went over to my father who was just rocking, rocking, and he looked up at me and he smiled. I said, Dad, I love you. And I kissed him right there on the forehead. That's not our custom in this Western world, by the way. That's something really big. I kissed him. And I went sat back down in my chair and after a little while, and it got real quiet. There was no more noise in the kitchen. And after a little while, the door opened up and one of my daughters came out and walked straight over to me, put her arm around my neck, kissed me on the forehead the same way I just kissed my father. And you know what? She said, Dad, I love you. And she went on to her room. A little while later, the door opened again. The other one came out. She walked up to me, exact same footsteps, same place, put her arm around me, kissed me on the forehead, and she said, Dad, I love you. Wallahi, this was the biggest sign that cleared everything in my mind. If you have any doubt, if there's any reservation in your heart or your mind whatsoever, how you treat, how you treat your parents is how your children are going to treat you. And for all of you youngsters that are listening to me now, think of your parents. The way you treat them. The parents have been with you, taking care of you since you were born. Don't get so excited when somebody in the street you hardly know gives you a dollar or gives you a bowl of soup or something. Get all excited because somebody gave you a set of new tires. Your parents gave life to you by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, cared for you, nurtured you, took care of you, took you to the hospital, the doctor, taught you how to walk, taught you how to talk, gave you from themselves like blood. You will never pay them what you owe them. And I'll close with the Hadith of Rasulullah When one of the Sahabi carried his mother on his back to do tawaf around the Kaaba. And he came to Rasulullah. Anybody did Hajj, you go around the Kaaba. Is that an easy job? Not even by yourself, it's not easy. But how about with your mother on your back? And he came to the Rasulullah and he said, Have I fulfilled my mother's rights on me for doing this? Rasulullah said, not even for one pain she had given birth to you. And what do we owe our parents? And how we take care of them is how we're going to take care, be taken care of by our children. Wallahi. And so please, my dear respected brothers and sisters in Islam, think what you are doing with your children.
Islam gave you the whole way of life for everything. You don't need to invent something or follow some nonsense idiot doctor on television. You don't need to read it off the back of the Rice Krispies box. You have Quran, you have the Sunnah of Rasulullah Inshallah, we're going to ask Allah to forgive us, to wake us up, put us right on the right path, and take care of responsibility with our children, provide them with proper nourishment, yes, proper housing, yes, but proper education in Islam. And you don't do that in a non-Islamic school. This is my point. May Allah guide us to do that. Amin. Rabana ati nafi dunya hasan wa fila kirti hasan wa kinadab al-nar Rabana la tuzikulu bana bada idha daytana wahab lana min laduka rahmai nakhantu wahab Allahumma ini dalam tu nafsi duhum katir wala yagfuru dhanubi ila ant fakfurli makfurtam in indika wahamni ya nakhantu kufur rahim Allahumma ini awdu bika minna dabu al-nar wa minna dabu al-khabar wa minna dabu al-jahannam wa min fitnati ya maya wa matnaat wa min fitnati ya masayidi jaw Allahumma salli ala muhammad wa ala ala muhammad kama salli ta'ala ibrahim wa ala ala ibrahim in akamadun majid Ameen kama salli ala